like it's two podcasts in one day. I woke up oh so so early, couldn't get back to sleep, and then I decided to um, just drive around and park and read. And so I'm I didn't go to the office today. It's really rainy, and one of my friends came over. One of my old childhood friends came over in the house and fixed our clogged bathtub. Uh, he's a plumber, and he did it almost immediately. It was really cool. It's cool to see your childhood friends grown up and, uh, what is it, um, successful, you know, doing well. Just a good, just a good guy overall. Uh, he called me by, by my childhood name. Well, some of my friends called me, he kept calling me Georgie, which didn't bother me. He's one of those people that could do that. It's kind of funny. Not a lot of people could call me that. Your mom, some of my friends growing up, like including him, my um, sisters, my dad, most of my sister's friends. Uh, so, so it's it's interesting what's going on in Nehemiah. Um, it's a uh, you know they're fortifying the city again. People don't like that. People don't like it when the Jews are starting to defend themselves, or at least trying to. So we're starting in chapter 5. Since I'm not driving, there doesn't have to be a lot of preamble. So here we go, chapter 5. And uh, the noise in the background is kind of drizzling outside. It's been raining pretty hard lately, so apologize for that. Hopefully it it adds a, a good production value and not... And not um, an annoying background sound. All right. Chapter 5. Now the men and their wives... My voice just cracked. (laughs) Now the men and their wives raised a great outcry against their Jewish brothers. Some were saying, We and our sons and daughters are numerous. In order for us to eat and stay alive, we must get grain. Others were saying, We are mortgaging our fields, our vineyards, and our homes to get grain during the famine. Still others were saying, We have had to borrow money to pay the king's tax on our fields and vineyards. Although we are of the same flesh and blood as our countrymen, and though our sons are as good as theirs, yet we have to be subject to our sons and daughters to slavery. And keep remember, slavery is not the slavery we did to the African, African people. Slavery was you, um, in the Old Testament, is servitude to uh, a master. You... Voluntarily, you you volunteer to do it. They would pay you, and uh, and you could leave it. And there's no threat of you being killed. So I digress. Some of our daughters have already been enslaved, but we are powerless because our fields and our vineyards belong to others. When I heard their outcry and these charges, I was very angry. I pondered them in my mind and then accused the nobles and officials. I told them, you are exacting usury from your own countrymen. So I called together a large meeting to deal with them and said, as far as possible, we have bought back our Jewish brothers who were sold to the Gentiles. Now you are selling your brothers only for them to be sold back to us. They kept quiet because they could find nothing to say. So I continued, what are you do? What you are doing is not right. Shouldn't you walk in the fear of our God to avoid the reproach of our Gentile enemies? I and my brothers and my men 
are also le lending the people money and grain. But let the exacting of usury stop. Usury is is lending money with interest. Usually it's uh, a lot of interest. It's um, predatory. Uh, give back to them immediately their fields, vineyards, olive groves, and houses. And also the usury you are charging them. The, one, the hundredth part of the money, grain, new wine, and oil. We will give it back, they said, and we will not demand anything from them. We will do as you say. Then I summoned the priests and made the nobles and officials take an oath to do what they had promised. I also shook out the folds of my robe and said, In this way may God shake out his house and possessions, every man who does not keep this promise. So may such a man be shaken out and emptied. Ooh. And this whole assembly said, Amen, and praised the Lord, and the people did as they had promised. Moreover, from the twentieth year of King Ar Artaxerxes, when I was appointed to be their governor in the land of Judah, until his thirty-second year, twelve years, neither I nor my brothers ate the food allotted to the governor. But the early, earlier governors, those preceding me, placed a heavy burden on the people and took forty shekels of silver from them in addition to food and wine. Their assistants also lorded it over the people. But out of reverence for God, I did not act like that. Instead, I devoted myself to the work on this wall. All my men were assembled there for the work. We did not acquire any land. Furthermore, 150 Jews and officials ate at my tables, as well as those who came to us from surrounding nations. Each day one ox, six choice sheep, and some poultry were prepared for me, and every ten days an abundant supply of wine and all kind, of all kinds. In spite of all this, I never demanded the food allotted to the governors because the demands were heavy on these people. Remember me with favor, O oh my God, for all I have done for these people. And so that's chapter 5. And you know, it's interesting, Nehemiah does that because Paul also mentions that he, he never charged so he could boast. So he could be upright. He was a tent maker. He did that to pay the, the bills, but he never charged for like his sermons. Um, maybe uh, he was paying strict attention to Nehemiah. Although I don't know if you I think Sadducees and Pharisees. I think this part of me. Oh no, that's that's the Samaritans. Samaritans only read the Pentateuch, which is like the first two, three. first four books of the of the Old Testament. I think that's right. I gotta research this stuff, guys. I'm sorry. I wish I was better equipped to give you better, you know, much more rich commentary. Chapter 6. When word came to Sanballat, oh, here we go, Tobiah and Geshem, the Arab, and the rest of our enemies that I had rebuilt the wall, and not a gap was left in it, though up to that time I had not set the doors and the gates. Sanballat and Geshem sent this message. Come, let us meet together in one of the villages on the plains of Ono. But they were scheming to harm me, so I sent messengers to them with this reply. I am carrying on a great project and cannot go down. Why should the work stop while I leave it and go down to you? Four times they sent me the same message, and each time I gave them the same answer. Then the fifth time, Sanballat sent his aide to me with the same message, and in his hand was an unsealed letter in which was written, It is reported among the nations, and Geshem says it's true, that you and the Jews are plotting to revolt, and therefore you are building the wall. Moreover, according to these reports, you are about to become their king, and have even appointed prophets to make this proclamation about you in Jerusalem. There is a king in Judah. Now, this report will go back to the king, so come let us confer together. 
And I sent him this reply. Nothing like what you are saying is happening. You are just making it up out of your head. They are all trying to frighten us, thinking their hands will go get too weak for the work and it will not be completed. But I prayed, now strengthen my hands. One day I went to the house of Shemaiah, son of Deliah, the son of uh, Mehetabal, who was shut in at his home. He said, let us meet in the house of God inside the temple and let us close the temple doors because men are coming to kill you by night. They are coming to kill you. But I said, should a man like me run away or should one like me go into temple and s to save his life? I will not go. I realized that God had not sent him, but that he prophesied against me because Tobiah and Sanballat had hired him. He had been hired to intimidate me so that I would commit a sin by doing this, and then they would give me a bad name to discredit me. Remember Tobiah and Sanballat, O oh my God, because of what they have done. Remember also the prophetess Nodiah, the rest of the prophets who have been trying to intimidate me. So the wall was completed on the 25th of Elul, Elul in 52 days. When all our enemies heard about this and all the surrounding nations were afraid and lost their self-confidence because they realized that this work had been done with the help of our God. Also in those days, the nobles of Judah were sending many letters to Tobiah and replies from Tobiah kept coming to them. For many in Judah were under oath to him since he was son-in-law to Shech Shechaniah, son of Arah. And his son, Jehon Jehohanan, had married the daughter of Meshulam, son of Berechiah. Moreover, they kept reporting to me his good deeds and then telling him what I said, and Tobiah sent letters to intimidate me. What a thorn. Chapter 7. After the wall had been rebuilt and I had set the doors in place, the gatekeepers and the singers and the Levites were appointed. I put in charge of Jerusalem my brother Hanani, along with Hananiah, uh, the commander of the citadel, because he was a man of integrity and feared God more than most men do. I said to them, The gates of Jerusalem are not to be opened until the sun is hot. While the gatekeepers are still on duty, have them shut the doors and bar them. Also appoint residents of Jerusalem as guards, uh, some at their posts and some near their own houses. Ooh, we're going to be doing a lot of genealogies. Should be interesting. Um, now the city was large and spacious, but there were few people in it, and the houses had not yet been rebuilt. So my God put it into my heart to assemble the nobles, the officials of the common people, for registration by families. I found the genealogical record of those who had been uh, the first to return. This is what I found written there. These were the people of the province... Who came up from the captivity of the exiles whom Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, had taken captive. They returned to Jerusalem and Judah, each to his own town. In company with Zerubbabel, Jeshua, Nehemiah, Azariah, Ramiah, Nehemani, Mordecai, Bilshan, Mispreth, Bigvi, Neham, and Benah. The men of the list of the men of Israel, the descendants of Parosh, uh, 2172, of Shephatiah, 372 of Arah 652, of Pehath Moab, through the line of Jeshua and Joab, 2,818, of Elam, 1,254, of Zatu, 845, of Zakai, 760, of Binu, 648, of Babai, 628, of Asgad, 2,322, of Adonikin, 667, of Bigvi, 2,067, of Adin, 655, Adder through Hezekiah, 98, Hashem, 
328, Beziah, 324, Hareph, 112, and Gibeon, 95. The men of Bethlehem and Netophah, 188. Of Anathoth, 128. Of Beth, Asbaveth, 42. Of Kiriath Jerem, Kir Kephra, and Beeroth, 743. Of Ramah Giba, 621. Of Michmash, 122. Of Bethel and Ai, 123, of the other Nebo, 52, and of the other Elam, 1,254, and of Haram, 320. Of Jericho, 345, of Lod Hadid and Ono, 721. Of Sana'a, 3,930, the priests, the descents of Jediah through the family of Jeshua, 973. Of Immer, 1,052, of Pasher, 1,247, of Harim, 1,017. The Levites, the descendants of Jeshua through Cadmiel, through the line of Hodaviah, 74. The singers, the descendants of Asaph, 148. The gatekeepers, the descendants of Shalom, Atar, Talman, Akab, Hatita, and Shobai, 138. The temple servants, the descendants of Zia, Hasufa, Tabeoth, Kiroth, Sia, Paddan, Labana, Hagaba, Shalmai, Hanan, Gedel, Gehar, Rhea, Rezin, Nakoda, Gazam, Uza, Pasia, Basai, Meunim, Nefuzim, Bakbuk, Hakufa, Harher, Basloth, Mahida, Harsha, Barkos, Sisera, Tima, Nazia, and Hadapha. The descents of the servants of Solomon, the descents of Sotai, Sophereth, Perida, Jala, Darkan, Gadel, Shephatiah, Hatil, Pokrath, Hasbaim, and Amon. The temple servants and the descendants of the servants of Solomon, 392. The following came up to the towns of Tel-Milah, Tel-Harsha, Kerub, Adon, Emer, but they could not show... Is that a bird? They could not show that their families were descended from Israel. The descendants of Deliah, Tobiah, Nakoda, 642. And from among the priests, the descendants of Hobiah, Hekaz, Barzillai, a man who had arranged the daughter of Barzillai, the Gileadite, who was called by that name. These searched for their family records, but they could not find them and were so excluded from the priesthood as unclean. The governor therefore ordered them not to eat any of the most sacred food until there should be a priest ministering with the Urim and the Thummim. The whole company numbered 42,360, besides the 7,337 men servants and maid servants. And they also had 245 men and women singers. There were 736 horses, 245 mules, 435 camels, and 6,720 donkeys. Some of the heads of the families contributed to the work. The governor gave to the treasury 1,000 drachms, drachmas of gold, 50 bowls, and 530 garments for priests. Some of the heads of the families gave to the treasury for the work 20,000 drachmas of gold and 2,200 minas of silver. The total given by the rest of the people was 20,000 drachmas of gold, 2,000 minas of silver, and 67 garments for priests. The priests, the Levites, the gatekeepers, the singers, and the temple servants, along with certain uh, of the people and the rest of the Israelites, settled in their own towns. Let's pause this for a second. Oh. That's chapter 7. Chapter 8. Oh, maybe I need to go back on what I said earlier. Maybe Ezra did write Nehemiah. But you're definitely mentioning Ezra. Chapter 8. 
When the seventh month came and the Israelites had settled in their towns, all the people assembled as one man in the square before the water gate. They told Ezra the scribe to bring out the book of the law of Moses, which the Lord had commanded of Israel. So on the first day of the seventh month, Ezra the priest brought the law before the assembly, which was made up of men and women, and all who were able to understand. He read it aloud from daybreak till noon as he faced the square before the water gate, in the presence of the men, women, and others who could understand. And all the people listened attentively to the book of the law. Ezra the scribe stood on a high wooden platform built for the occasion. Beside him on his right stood uh, Mattathiah, Shema, Aniah, Uriah, Hilkiah, and Messiah. And on his left were Padiah, Mishael, Melchijah, Hashem, Hashbadana, Zechariah, and Meshulam. Ezra opened the book. All the people could see him because he was standing above them, and as he opened it, the people all stood up. Ezra praised the Lord, the great God, and all the people lifted their hands and responded, Amen, Amen. Then they bowed down and worshipped the Lord with their faces to the ground. The Levites, Jeshua, Bani, Jerubiah, Jamin, Akub, Shabbatai, Hodiah, Messiah, Kelita, Azariah, Josabad, Hanan, and Peleah instructed the people in the law while the people were standing there. They read from the book of the law of God, making it clear and giving the meaning so that the people could understand what was being read. Then Nehemiah, the governor, Ezra, the priest and scribe, and the Levites who were instructing the people said to, all, said to them all, This day is sacred to the Lord your God. Do not mourn or weep. For all the people had been weeping as they listened to the words of the law. Nehemiah said, Go and enjoy choice food and sweet drinks, and send some of those who have nothing prepared. This day is sacred to our Lord. Do not grieve, for the, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. The Levites calmed all the people, saying, Be still, for this is a sacred day. Do not grieve. Then all the people went away to eat and drink and send portions of food to celebrate with great joy, because they now understood the words that had been made known to them. On the second day of the month, the heads of all the families, along with the priests and the Levites, gathered around Ezra the scribe to give attention to the words of the law. Nehemiah said, Go and enjoy choice food and drink, sweet drinks, and send some of those who have nothing prepared. This day is sacred to our Lord. Do not grieve for the... Wait, did I just read that? Sorry about that. Okay. Picking back up in verse 14. They found written in the law, which the Lord had commanded through Moses, that the Israelites were to live in booths during the feast of the seventh month, that they should proclaim this word and spread it throughout the towns and, and in Jerusalem. Go out into the hill country and bring back branches from olive and wild olive trees, from myrtles, palms, shade trees, to make booths, as it is written. So the people went out and brought back branches and built themselves booths of their own roofs in their courtyards, in the courts of the house of the God, in the square by the water gate, and, and one by the gate of Ephraim. The whole company that had returned from exile built booths and lived in them from the days of Joshua, son of Nun, until the day the Israelites had not celebrated it like this, and their joy was great. Day after day, from the first day to the last, Ezra read from the book of the law of God. They celebrated the feast for seven days, and on the eighth day, in accordance with the regulation, there was an assembly. Here's chapter 8.
Oh, people texting me. Sorry about that, guys. Hopefully this noise isn't too distracting, the, the rain, Hopefully it's calming. On the 24th day of the same, this is chapter 9. <laughs> On the 24th day of the same month, the Israelites gathered together, fasting and wearing sackcloth, and having dust on their heads. Those of Israelite descent had separated themselves from all foreigners. They stood in their places and confessed their sins and the wickedness of their fathers. They stood where they were and read from the book of the law of the Lord their God for a quarter of the day, and spent another quarter in confession and in worshiping the Lord their God, standing on the stairs with the Levites, Jeshua, Bani, Kedmiel, Shebaniah, Buni, Sherbiah, Bani, Kenani, who called with loud voices their gods and the Levites, Jeshua, Kedmiel, Bani, Heshbaniah, Sherebiah, Hodiah, Shebaniah, Pethahiah, and said, Stand up and praise the Lord your God, who is from everlasting to everlasting. Blessed be your glorious name, and may it be exalted above all blessing and praise. You alone are God. You made the heavens, even the highest heavens, and all their starry hosts, the earth and all that is on it, the seas and all that is in, this, in them. You give life to everything, and the multitudes of heaven worship you. You are the Lord God, who chose Abraham and brought him out of Ur, of the Chaldeans and named him Abraham. Excuse me, you, you chose Abram and brought him out of Ur to the Chaldeans and named him Abraham. You found his heart faithful to you and you made a covenant with him to give his descendants the land of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Jebusites, Girgashites. You have kept your promise because you are righteous. You saw suffering of our forefathers in Egypt. You heard their cry at the Red Sea. You sent miraculous signs and wonders against Pharaoh, against all of his officials and all the people of his land. For you knew how arrogantly the Egyptians treated them. You made a name for yourself, which remains to this day. You divided the sea before them, so that, you, so that they passed through it on dry ground. But you hurled their pursuers into the depths, like a stone in mighty waters. By day you led them with a pillar of a cloud, and by night with a pillar of fire, to give them light on the way they were to take. You came down on Mount Sinai. You spoke to them from heaven. You gave them regulations and laws that are just and right and decrees and commands that are good you made them to know your holy sabbath and gave them commands decrees and laws that your servant moses through your servant moses in their hunger you gave them bread from heaven and in their thirst you brought them water from the rock you told them to go in and take possession of the land you had sworn with uplifted hand to give them but they our forefathers became arrogant and stiff-necked and they did not obey your commands they refused to listen and failed to remember the miracles you performed among them. They became stiff-necked and in their rebellion appointed a leader in order to return to their slavery. But you are a forgiving God, gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in love. Therefore, you did not desert them, even when they cast for themselves an image of a calf and said, This is your God who brought you up out of Egypt, or when they command, committed awful blasphemies. Because of your great compassion, you did not abandon them in the desert. By day the pillar of the cloud did not cease to guide them on their path, nor the pillar of fire by night to shine on, their, on the way they were to take. You gave good spirit to instruct them. You did not withhold your manna from their mouths, and you gave them water for their thirst. For forty years you sustained them in the desert. They lacked nothing. Their clothes did not wear out, nor did their feet become swollen. You gave them kingdoms and nations, allotting to them even the remotest frontiers. They took over the country of Sihon, the king of Heshbon, and the country of Og, king of Bashan. You made their sons as numerous as the stars in the sky, and you brought them to the land that you told their fathers to enter and possess. 
Their sons went in and took possession of the land. You subdued before the Canaanites who lived in the land. You handed the Canaanites over to them, along with their kings and the peoples of the land, to deal with them as they pleased. They captured fortified cities and fertile land, and they took possession of houses filled with all kinds of good things. Wells already dug, vineyards, olive groves, and fruit trees in abundance. They ate to the full and were well nourished. They reveled in your great goodness. But they were disobedient and rebelled against you. They put their law behind their backs. They killed your prophets, who had admonished them in order to turn them back to you. They committed awful blasphemies. So you handed them over to their enemies, who oppressed them. But when they were oppressed, they cried out to you. From heaven you heard them, and in your great compassion you gave them deliverers, who rescued them from the hands of their enemies. But as soon as they were at rest, they again did what was evil in your sight. Then you abandoned them to the hand of their enemies, so that they ruled over them. And then when they cried out to you again, uh, you heard from heaven, and in your compassion you delivered them time after time. You warned them to return to your law, but they became arrogant and disobeyed your commands. They sinned against your ordinances by which a man will live if he obeys them. Stubbornly they turned their backs on you, became stiff-necked, and refused to listen. For many years you were patient with them. By your spirit you admonished them through the prophets. Yet they paid no attention, so you handed them over to the neighboring peoples. But in your great mercy you did not put an end to them or abandon them, for you are a gracious and merciful God. Now therefore, O our God, the great, mighty, and awesome God, who keeps his covenant of love, do not let the, all this hardship seem trifling in your eyes. The hardship that has come upon us, upon our kings and leaders, upon our priests and prophets, upon our fathers, and all your people from the days of the kings of Assyria until today, in all that has happened to us, you have been just. You have acted faithfully while we did wrong. Our kings, our leaders, our priests, and our fathers did not follow your law. They did not pay attention to your commands or the warnings you gave them, even while they were in the ki their kingdom, enjoying your great goodness. To them in the spacious and fertile land you gave them, they did not serve you or turn from their evil ways. But see, we are slaves today, slaves in the land you gave our forefathers, so they could eat its fruit and other good things it produces. Because of our sins, its abundant harvest goes to the kings you have placed over us. They rule over our bodies and our cattle as they please. We are in great distress. In view of all this, we are making a binding agreement, putting in it writing, and our leaders are Levites, and our priests are fixing their seals to it. Let me just take a pause. All right. Let's see. Five... That's five chapters. Maybe I'll stop with five. Because see, Nehemiah has 13 or Nehemiah has 13 chapters. If I read one another block, it would only make sense for me to keep going, but we're like 27 minutes in. And I think it's time for me to head to the office, check my mail, see what's going on there. Maybe go home, sort our laundry. We started a new laundry system where you kids are responsible for doing your own laundry, except for uh, youngest, our little spy. And for a longest time, we would just tell you guys to put your dirty laundry either in front or inside the washer. Actually, it was inside. You guys just started putting it in front. And uh, so your mom and I got laundry baskets to put in each of your rooms to 
for you guys to put dirty laundry in. And then when it was full, we would you would wash your clothes separately. So we haven't really done a good job of instituting this. Because as I was leaving to take you guys to school today, I noticed a huge pile of just everyone's laundry in front of the washer. So we got to rectify that. And uh, our Christmas tree doesn't have a skirt. A skirt is the is like a circular cape you put around the tree, so you don't see the the stand it's on and. So, like, any needle, any Christmas tree, like, pine needles that fall, kind of blend in. It, it just looks neater. Well, I used a couple blankets right before Bible study, and your mom was not a fan. She was not a fan of that. So, there's some really cheap skirts at Target. I think I'm going to go buy one of those and bring it home. We have a bunch of train sets. I think I'm going to try and put up with you kids later. That should be fun. last doing that. No. I think we're going to finish Nehemiah today because I'm really excited to get into Job. I'm Job I know a lot about. I've read it a bunch of times. It gets taught on, you know, in the Old Testament, it's one of the Old Testament books that gets taught on quite frequently. <laughs> There's so many lessons in Job. So I'm not going to get too far into that. Nehemiah is <coughs> uh, excitement's ramping up. We'll see what what happens. Seems like right now they're all of Israel is pretty much telling God, "Hey, yeah, we continue to mess up. We're sorry. Our answers is messed up. We messed up. Let's come to another agreement." Now, you kids know that any agreement the Israelites came up with with God was typically one-sided in that the Israelites were always going to disobey it. But God is like a, a loving father. He's like, okay, let's do another agreement. Like, we have an agreement going on right now. What is that squeaking noise bothering me? We have an agreement going on right now, kids, where absolutely zero screens for everyone this week. And you kids have been actually doing pretty good. Because if we catch with a screen, the following week where you're going to have all screens, we'll take a day away from one of you. So you guys are just biding your time. <coughs> Tickle. So. And if you guys have looked on a screen, I, I haven't noticed. But still, we, I, <coughs> I don't expect you guys to last this long. Although I, I am pretty impressed with how you guys have been doing it so far. Oh boy. So today we, I will pick you, uh, the three boys up. Wow, this is, this is weird. I'm on a, a street, but it's like nothing but those enormous metal plates that covers up huge holes. 30 of them, I just drove across. So I'm picking up the boys today. On Thursdays, your grandma picks up your oldest, the oldest child, the entrepreneur. She takes her, I don't know where, but 
we'll see what they're we'll see what what the plan is for that but right now the plan is since it's raining you guys are gonna have to do your laundry when you get home i'm excited to see that and then after you do your laundry we'll probably play with the train set we'll see see what your mom wants to do she made corned beef cabbage last night which some of you liked uh, I'll tell you a tradition that we came up with a few years ago. When we make corned beef and cabbage, one of the recipes in corned beef and cabbage is you have to put a bottle of Guinness beer in and drink it with Guinness. Well, you kids are too young for that. So we thought let's buy some really nice root beer for you guys to enjoy your corned beef and cabbage. See, we're already trying to get you guys ready to be drinkers. And so last night... Uh, you guys had A&W root beer, which is the best root beer. Your mom tried to buy Weinhardt's fancy root beer, and I told her it was pretentious and terrible. A&W is the best, so there's no question. It's, it's one of my sticking points. Like It's one of the whitest things about me. I have very serious and sincere opinions about root beer. And I'm not really a big beer drinker, so let's just throw that one away. But and I'm not I'm not the type of guy that like, oh let's brew some beer and drink it. I don't give a crap about that. It doesn't make any sense to me. Men that brew beer, I don't judge because of all the Star Wars stuff I have in my office. But with root beer, Henry Weinhardt's, which also makes beer, they threw their hat in the ring to make root beer, and it's okay. It's not great. A&W is the best. It's smooth. It's rich. The taste is unlike any other. And um, overall, it's the best root beer out there. Uh, a second, and I'm not going to say a close second, but second place, I would say, would be Dad's root beer. And I've always liked it even before I was a dad. It, it was always good root beer. And a close third would be Barks. And the only reason I would say Barks root beer is good is the taste is fine, but it has caffeine. And the whole thing is Barks has bite, which, which denotes the effect the caffeine has on you. Typically, root beer does not have caffeine naturally added to it. Colas kind of do, even though um, it's added too. But I think we've got to the point in our culture where if it's a cola drink, just expect caffeine with root beer we don't so that's my take on that i'm just about to park just want to tell you kids i love you and i'm proud of you and i i like like talking with you guys it's fun i had a great time with you guys last night just hanging out we played some games it was a blast so i like you all I love you, but I also like you. There are times when I don't, and I'm sure there are a lot of times when you don't like me. So sorry about that. You know, you'll be adults when you listen to this, or I don't know, and I'm sure I'm going to mess some stuff up. Please forgive me, because um, I'm kind of a jerk a lot of the time. So if I say something uh, and you're mad at me, you have every right to be mad, and I acknowledge that. Now, I'm only 43, but I bet it when I'm 53 and 63 and... Uh, I'm sure I'll be saying other stuff, just, and I don't, I really don't mean to hurt you guys. I just want what's best. I have high hopes for you, and by, up to this point, you guys are just 
knocking everything out of the park. You guys are doing great with with everything. So, anyways, all that being said, I love you. And uh, in everything you do, do it for the kingdom and the king. God bless. So